Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, what's up, fam? Good to see you guys. Everybody in the room, everybody watching online, either today, live streaming, watching later in the week through the app or the website. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks so much for crashing the party. Uh, I got a text message. Maybe it was from uh, one of you uh, this week, uh, but it's just a simple one-line message that said, did you get my email? Uh, the problem is uh, I didn't have that number stored in my phone. And so I just replied, Maybe. Uh, and they said, well, check the junk mail folder. And I don't know when the last time you've checked your email junk folder, but there's a lot of treasures in there that you may be missing out on. I actually found uh, the email that they were talking about, but while I was in there, uh, I actually found some other emails that were really intriguing and so intriguing that I wanted to share them with you this morning. Uh, I didn't realize how popular worldwide I really am until I read some of these emails. I actually got a screenshot of them. Here, here's the first email. Uh, Dear friend, happy new year. I know that this message will come to you as a surprise. I am the next heir to the throne in Nigeria, the crown prince, Apara Kachin Popgarn. That's <laughs> uh, how I knew it was real. That's a real Nigerian name. I hope that you will not expose or betray this trust and confident that I am about to repose on you for the mutual benefit of our families. Uh, Later on in the email, he asked me for my bank account number because he, undoubtedly, there's been a tiff in the family that's run in Nigeria right now because he's wanting to get a lot of money out of the country and send it to somebody. And, And he wanted my account information to do it. And I thought this was fake until... I looked at who the email was from. And I want you to look at right there at the top, whose email's from princeofnigeria at zmail.com. Nobody that's not the prince of Nigeria is going to pick prince of Nigeria as their email. Did any of you do that? No, because you're not the prince of Nigeria. And so that's when I realized 100% legit, I need to help this guy out. Uh, So right before I sent in my bank account information, I saw another email that really pulled at my heartstrings. And I can only take so much money at a time. And so I realized I got a choice to make between the Prince of Nigeria and a man by the name of John Kelly. Dear friend, my name's John Kelly. I am 59 years old, man. I think he was supposed to put the man somewhere. (laughs) That's how I read it, though. I'm 59 years old, man. I'm in a hospital in Dubai. See, he knows he's emailing a pastor. This is real. He's in the hospital. Who do you email when you're in the hospital? The pastor. Recently, my doctor told me that I would not last for the next six months due to my cancer problem, cancer of the lever. (laughs) Now, I don't know how rare that is to have a lever, much less for it to have cancer in it. But it sounds rare, super rare to me. I'm giving my money away because of my health condition and the fact that my second wife is a terrifying woman to deal with. (laughs) Marrying her 
Marrying her was the only mistake I made in my life. She's currently managing my company here, but I know what she's capable of. She has sold her soul to the devil. And I do not want her to come near my money. Regards, John Kelly. So John was like, if you will give me your banking information, I don't want this. And who I'm sitting here thinking like, I don't want the devil to have more money either, man. Like this dude needs help. And so I responded and I said, I invited John Kelly to Revo. And uh, I said, listen, there's three reasons why I'm inviting you to Revo. Number one, if you've got lever cancer, we can pray for you here. And we'll pray that God would heal you of that. Number two, you can bring your wife and we can exercise the demon that's inside of her. And we'll stream that for our online campus to see too. And number three, just bring that money with you in cash. And when you leave, the baskets will be on the outside of the auditorium by the exit doors. Win, win, win. Praise God. So I don't know if John's here today. Maybe not. Maybe his lever was acting up a little bit. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, honestly, you know, you got to be careful about scams out there. You can get a scam from anywhere. You can get an email scam. Um, you can get a, uh, they'll, they'll send you a text message. I don't know if you ever got a text message from like we're with a link, like click on this link, um, download this app, you know, whatever. Um, I've even gotten messages in, in my, like direct messages on social media, um, people reaching out for some help or, uh, you know, something ranging from sounding really serious to like something really sketchy, like, would you like to see my pictures? Uh, something like that. Uh, offhand medicines you can buy that'll help you. All kind of crazy stuff. Um, so be careful of the scams, but I gotta, I gotta warn you, um, churches actually have scams as well. There are a ton of religious scams in culture today. You may not realize this, but there are some religious Nigerian crown princes out there that are really wanting to connect with you. Uh, they, they really want to do something for you. They, 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 have some, they don't want from some, some, something from you. They have something for you, right? Just give me your bank account information on, on that. Um, there was scams in the church today, but thousands of years ago, they were the same scams. I wish I could tell you that they've changed over time, but they really, they really haven't. Um, and Paul is going to actually address one of the scams as we continue through the book of, of Colossians in chapter 2. If you have your Bible, you can do Colossians chapter 2, or if you have the Revo app, all of the notes uh, will be there, all of the breakdown. But here's how the, the scam would work in the book of Colossians. Uh, a church would get planted, this church in Colossae, and, and they would get up and going and maybe meeting for a few months now. But all of a sudden, um, some religious people would, would show up one day. No one's ever seen them before. And uh, they would walk in and maybe corner one of the guest services people, and they say, "Hey, tell me, um, tell me what kind of church this is. Like, what do you, what do you guys believe? Uh, what what, what kind of makes you different than than everybody else?" And, and of course, the Colossae church would have told them about Jesus, right? That that God sent His only Son into the world to save us from our sins. And the, the deal is, if if we would simply believe in Him that we could not only change our life here on earth, but spend eternity with God. Like, can you believe that? Like, Jesus died, resurrected three days later, so that we could have freedom and fullness in Christ. And so that's what kind of church we are. Like, that's, that's us. That's the church in Colossae. And, the, and then the, the scam artist would come in and be like, oh, 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 man, wow. Okay, well, this is going to be awkward, but... uh 
I know what you've been told, and that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm here to kind of help you out and steer you along the direction. And I'm so glad that somebody told you about Jesus. And, and listen, that gets your foot in the door, but that's only halfway. If you really want God to love you and accept you and forgive you and really be a Christian and really have a relationship with God, then it's actually a little bit more than that. It's, it's Jesus uh, plus some other things. And come on, be honest with you. You want to be on God's good side, right? When you die, you want to go to heaven, right? Nobody wants to go to hell. You want to go to heaven, right? You, you want God to love you and, and to be a part of the family, don't you? Okay, all you got to do is listen to me. Thankfully, somebody got you in the door, but I'm going to help you get across the finish line. Jesus did his part. Now you're going to need to do your part as well. And it was all a scam. And the crazy part about it is, many people in the church in Colossae actually bought into it. Many people clicked on the link. <laughs> they downloaded the attachment. They sent their information to this complete stranger that, that kind of had a simple message that, that you can't just leave it at Jesus. It has to go further than that if you, if you want to be a, a Christian. And crazy enough, man, I wish that we would have learned, church people are falling for the same scams today as they were falling 2,000 years ago in the city of Colossae. So today, in the book of Colossians, I want to talk about three scams, uh, religious scams, that maybe you have fallen for. The same three scams that Paul addresses and warns the church about here. So I want to start in verse 8 of Colossians 2, if you have your Bible. If not, words will be on the screen behind me. Here's, here's how Paul uh, sets it up. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive. No one scams you. No one counterfeits you. No one fakes you out through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. It, it's all rooted on what you do and, and how hard you work and what your contribution is. Don't, don't depend on that and the, and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. There's that word again that's the whole purpose of the book of Colossians. You are full. The fullness that you have comes in Christ. Paul says, he is the head over every power and authority. See, the, the first thing that we have to do before we can even identify the different scams that we see on a, on a daily basis inside the church is this. Like, before you, can enter, uh, before you can identify the scam, you have to know what the real thing looks like. That's what Paul does here in this first thing. He says, I want to show you first what the real thing looks like. What a real relationship with God. I, I read this week that this is actually, that the, the FBI has a division that focuses on counterfeiting, specifically identifying counterfeit dollar bills. And the one that they focus on the most, obviously the highest value, is the $100 bill. They have whole teams that study $100 bills the paper that they're made out of, the different indentions and grooves of all of the different lettering and pictures that are on it. Even so much so as this, did you know that every ink, the different colors on a $100 bill, each have a different scent to them? And so FBI agents study these $100 bills in hopes that if they really know what a real one looks like, then it'll be that much easier to spot a fake $100 bill when they see it. 
Bankers are the same way. They deal with so many dollar bills every day, tellers do, that, and they see so many of them and what they look like, the real thing, that they can identify a fake bill in a big pile of real dollar bills. Why? Just because they've seen the real thing so many times. So Paul starts out by saying, hey, I got to tell you what the real thing is. Your relationship with God does not depend on you. You didn't do anything to earn it or to deserve it. He said, it is all built on Jesus. Not on smooth talking ministers, not on somebody on social media, not not on some heartstring story that, that you want to feel sorry for that pulls your emotions. Like it's all about Jesus. If your relationship with God doesn't center on Jesus, isn't all about Jesus, isn't about what Jesus has done for you, you got scammed. If you bought in that somehow you were going to earn it or you deserved it or you can work hard for it, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what real Christianity is. So, so Paul says, listen, it centers on the life, the death, and the burial of Jesus. If Jesus isn't in the middle of it, in the middle of the songs, in the middle of the preaching, in the middle of the motive and the heart and the missions behind the church, it's a scam. Don't fall for it. First thing we got to do is identify what the real life looks like, what that real thing. And here's, here's Paul's big argument. He said, you want to know what it really looks like? You want to know what a relationship with God really looks like? He says, it's fullness in Christ. Now, fullness means there's no room for anything else. There's no need for anything else. When you have Christ, you don't need something else to top off your tank. You're already full. Uh, when you have Jesus, there's nothing that is lacking. You don't have to go find something. You don't have to chase something. You don't have to look for something that you already have that can be found in Christ. And so Paul just keeps going over the lengths like, what are you looking for? You're full. Well, why do you think you're lacking something? You're full. Why are you going to get scammed into thinking that Jesus isn't enough? Look around you. You don't even have any room for anything else. Like Jesus has been sufficient. But it's amazing the amount of people that get scammed. The people that will spend their whole lives realizing there's a hole in their heart and soul. And they will try to grab at everything to try to fill it. And you want to talk about being frustrated and empty? Spend your whole life trying to fill a hole that only Jesus can fill. Paul says, man, that, that's the idea behind That's how you can spot a fraud in this. Before we talk about what the scam is, we got to know what the real thing looks like. And that is a life that is made full by Jesus. In, in verse 11, Paul says, now, 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 now that you know what fullness looks like, and that, that's something that we desire, let me tell you what the first scam is that, that a lot of people fall for. Verse 11, it says, in him, in Christ, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Here's the first scam that, that Paul lays out. If you're taking notes, jot this down. It's in the app as well. Here's, don't, don't fall for this scam. It's the tradition scam. That, that's the first, this is the, this is the Nigerian crown prince email of the church, okay? Don't fall for the tradition scam. 
Um, let, me, let me tell you what it is. Uh, let me break it down into a math equation, even though I'm terrible at math. Uh, here, here's the tradition scam. Jesus plus something equals everything. And all different religions, all different churches will define something in one way or another. But the reality is they say, Jesus helped get you here, but you're going to have to see it through. There's some things that you're going to have to do. And a lot of different religions will, will fill in that word with something. But Paul says, let me tell you, actually, that's, that's a scam. Let me tell you what the real thing is. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. See the difference between that? Paul says, Jesus fills you, and so you need to add nothing for you to have everything. But religious people will tell you, no, it's Jesus plus something. Here's a few of the somethings. There are uh, sects in, inside the Christian church that will tell you that you are not saved. You are not going to heaven when you die until you're baptized. You have to be baptized. It's not just a public profession of faith. It's not until you are baptized that you can actually become a Christian. So not baptized after you give your life to Jesus, straight to hell. Uh, that's the only ticket in is, is baptism. There's, there's another group uh, that says, well, if you're not a part of a certain denomination, right? Certain denominations believe only our tribe is going to heaven. Boy, are they going to be surprised when they get there. <laughs> only, only if you hold this name or you are a part of this church. So it's Jesus plus going to the right church or being a part of the right denomination. Other people are Jesus plus following the rules. Like, come on now. You really think if you misbehave, if your bad outweighs the good, then God's going to let you in? I don't care what Jesus did on the cross. I'm talking about what you did at your time here on earth. So just make sure Jesus opened the door, but you need to behave as long as you're here if you want God to love you and accept you. Maybe you've met people like that. Uh, a certain diet, people believe that it's Jesus plus, I better not catch you drinking certain things. Because No, Christians don't do that. I better not catch you saying certain words because Christians don't do that. It's Jesus plus making sure that you do the right things, eat the right things, drink the right things. Some people believe, in, in the Old Testament, they believe that uh, in order for you to be a child of God, you had to be circumcised. That was the very first step, right? I, hard to believe that they saw explosive growth in the Old Testament, uh, but they did. And um, that, was, that was the way that God marked his people that all of the males would be circumcised. Like that was the first door. Like you want to be a member? Can you imagine that? Like we're having a membership meeting after the service today. Can you imagine if you walked in? <laughs> and you're like, here's the deal, guys. Four requirements for membership. Attend, give, serve, snip. Right? <laughs> oh man, that's going to be on the internet. Uh, let's back it up. Nobody share that on social media, right? <laughs> and then you're like, you're volunteering, right? He's like, hey, I want to sign up to volunteer. Well, I got a, I got a job for you. Somebody's got to check people when we come in the door. So, so really what I'm trying to say is the membership requirements of Revo are not that bad. It's really not that big of a deal. Like it's, it's pretty low considering all things. But Paul just throws that one in there. Like he, he says, let me give you an example of a traditionalist trap. It's like circumcision, right? Some people believe that you're not going to get close to God unless that happens, that there's no way God is going to let some people into the doors of heaven. So it's Jesus plus, come on, man, jump through the first hoop. And the problem with that is that's the first hoop of many hoops that you'll have to jump through the rest of your life. And if it's not about jumping through hoops, then why are you jumping through hoops? Jesus plus nothing equals everything. 
So that's the first one to watch out for, man. If anybody ever says, man, it's, it's, it's more than just what Jesus did on the cross. It's more than just Jesus paying for your sins. You have some role in getting between you and God. That's the first red flag. Hey, that's a scam. Don't download it. Don't click the link. <laughs> Don't pass on your personal information. Paul says that's the tradition scam that you really need to watch out for. Over the next few verses, Paul kind of explains what the tradition scam is and some other variants of it. But in verse 16, we see the second scam that we got to watch out for. Paul says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual minds. Second scam we got to watch out for is the judgment scam. Judgment scam. Um, Paul describes the typical religious person. He said, you You ever met one of these religious people? They are super proud of everything they've done. I mean, super arrogant about how much closer they are to God and the things that they've done that you don't do. Have you ever run into some of these people like that? It's like, oh, oh, you, oh, you were out late last night. Where were you? Drink, drinking what? Oh, I, I didn't know that. I, I don't do that. I'm a Christian. Oh, wait, you, your daughters were wearing that? Mm. Don't you think... Uh, should be at the ankles and not at the knee. A little, little more holy than you, I see. Did I, did I see you post something, a, a certain word on social media? Did I see that? Was that your account? Hmm. I, I, wouldn't, I, just, I, I would never, I don't have a problem. You do, I would never do that. I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. The thing about judgmental people is they like to look down on everybody else that doesn't meet their standard. And Paul says, man, you got to watch out for people like that because there'll be people that come into your church and you'll try to tell them that Jesus is the only thing that matters, and they'll say, mm, kind of. You still need to do certain things. Paul gives the example of, of what you eat. Don't let anybody look down on you based on what you eat and what you drink. See, um, there was a, a, a section of the Old Testament that said um, people that loved God could not eat pork, right? So no bacon, sad. Um, <laughs> No pork, right? If that were a rule in North Carolina, there would be no church in North Carolina. We got, it's like, choose Jesus or barbecue. We're like, okay. <laughs> I'll take my barbecue sandwich with bacon on it. <laughs> but scripture tells us that like Jesus came by and he's like, Paul's like, are you, are you guys serious? Like you really think something you put in your mouth is gonna keep you from heaven? You really think God loves you unless you eat a ham sandwich? That's what you, you believe that? You let people do, you fell for that scheme. You let, like you're telling yourself no on secondary things because you think if you eat certain things that God won't love you anymore and you fell for that. But that's what judgmental people do. They, they look down on you for you not being as good as they are. One of the things that judgmental people do, man, here, here's, how you, here's how you do it. Uh, judgmental scam is constantly drawing lines in the sand. And they'll draw a line in the sand and they'll say, I'm on this side, 
I act this way, I talk this way, I do this, I, I, I don't go to these places, I do go to these places. I do, I'm in church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, singing the choir, uh, go witnessing on Saturday, door to door. I'm, I'm, I'm all over it. But you're not, so you get, you get on that line. The, the contrast is judgmental scam, the religious people draw a line to keep other people out. But yet the entire life of Jesus was spent with him crossing lines to welcome people in. So which one is it? Which one are you? Do you draw lines around yourself to make yourself look good and make other people feel like they're not as holy? Because every time that happens in the Bible, every time a religious person drew a line in the sand, Jesus was always standing on the other side of the line. Don't fall for it. Don't let people think that God doesn't love you or you won't be accepted unless you follow the rules, unless you live up to my standard. Anytime we draw a line to keep people out, you'll see Jesus on the other side. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of the line than Jesus. It's a scam. Uh, Don't fall for it. Verse 23, Paul gives us the last scam that we have to look for. Be careful about the tradition scam, the judgmental scam. In verse 23, says, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle this. Do not taste this. Do not touch this. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, like eventually none of that is going to matter, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom, with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Here's the last one. It's really bad in some churches. Uh, Number three is the, the legalism scam. A lot of people inside and outside of the church are convinced that God only cares about the rules. The Bible is just a bunch of rules. If you go to church, you got to follow a bunch of rules. If you got to be on the right team, you better follow the rules. And that's not what Jesus preached. That's legalism. That's rules. That's religion. That's not a relationship. Again, Jesus didn't come to the earth to establish a religion. He came to build a bridge between man and God. And it doesn't have anything to do with the rules that you follow. It's all about the grace that we can find in him. The legalism scam says this, keep the rules and God will love you. God will forgive you, and God will accept you. Make sure, though, you keep the rules first. And if you do the right things, then God will be sure to do his part on the back end. Paul says that's a scam. Let me tell you what the real truth of the gospel is. It's through Jesus' sacrifice that God loves you, forgave you, and accepts you. It doesn't have anything to do with your ability to keep all the rules. Heads up, you can't. Every one of you has broken the rules. If you're trying to get there based on you obeying the rules, you're hosed. You've already messed up. You'll never get there. You're going to run a race, and your life is going to end, and you're going to realize you are so far away from the finish line. But Paul says, man, forget that. All the man-made rules that people try to impress on you, here's the deal. Jesus. Who is Jesus? What is the gift that Jesus has given you? Will you accept the gift. Stop trying to pay a bill that's already been paid. Jesus has got it. All you got to do is accept the gift of grace and your life changes. 
kind of begs the question, in our world, why is this such a problem? Why do so many people have the tendency to gravitate away from the free gift and instead embrace a life that is all about you trying to earn it? Why do you think it is that week after week I'll stand on stage and I'll say, God has a free gift for you. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is take it. Why do you think people hear that message and will leave this room saying, you know what? I think I'd rather try to earn it myself. I think I'd rather just work the rest of my life and just hope and pray that on the day that I die, I've done enough instead of simply taking care of it right now, just accepting the gift that God has given you. It doesn't make any sense. With religion, you try to pay for it yourself. But with Jesus, the bill's already been taken care of. Even on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. The translation of that is the debt has been paid. Why are there so many people trying to pay a debt that's already been paid? All you gotta do is accept it. All you gotta do is just believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what he said he did, and because of his resurrection, you can have a relationship with God. It's as simple as that. Instead, people are chasing religious scams trying to earn their way to it. Well, I think I know why. Because most humans have an internal desire to earn something ourselves and to be able to get to the end of our lives and say, I did it. I earned it. We do that from a a regular small age, right? You know, when you teach your kids that making great, good grades is good. And and when they bring that 100 home, I'll, I'll look at my daughters and say, you know what? That's what happens. That's what happens when you study. That's what happens when you sacrifice. That's what happens when you take it seriously. I'm gonna put that A on the refrigerator. You earned it. You deserve it. And they get a little bit older and now it's time to buy a car. And what do they do? They save up their money. They get two jobs and, and they ride their bike everywhere until they have enough to buy a car. And then, and then what do we do? We look at our kids and we're like, you know what? You earned it. This is it. Let me take a picture for social media. My baby's first car. She worked hard. She earned it. She sacrificed. She did what it takes. Good job. Now listen, I'm all for hard work and saving and being fiscally responsible. But you got to understand, if you let that mentality creep into your spiritual life, it's poison. If you begin to think that there's some responsibility that you have, that you can earn your way to God, that that you can grind and sacrifice and and be pious enough and obey the rules and and be holy and righteous on your own, and then all of a sudden one day you're going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, you did it. Man, you did it. You worked hard for this. Come on in. Hey, come on in. You earned it. He's never going to say that because you can't earn it. You're going to reach the end of your life and realize how far away you were from the finish line and then it'll be too late. So how about this? How about a free gift? Paul says, once you meet Jesus, once you understand grace, here's what's going to happen. You experience the power of grace. You realize your sins have been forgiven. Now you let that encounter and that gift change the rest of your life. Will your life change? Absolutely. But it'll change because Jesus did something in here, not because you did something out here. There's the gift. There's the invitation. Man, I hope you don't leave here today without settling that question, would I accept the free gift? Man, are you tired of trying to earn it? Are you tired of jumping through religious hoops? 
Are you tired of being judged by everybody around you telling you you're not good enough and you haven't done enough and you shouldn't do that and you shouldn't say that? And can you imagine God and do you know what God thinks of you? Come on, man. Through Jesus, God loves you, God accepts you, and God forgives you. Embrace that and your whole life will change moving forward. If that's you today, I'm gonna stand down here after the service. I would love to connect with you. Get off the hamster wheel. Don't spend any more time trying to earn your way to God. Accept the gift that's already been given to you. I'd love to have a conversation with you about what real life change through Jesus looks like. Don't leave without connecting today. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for that promise. (laughs) The load has, has been taken off of our shoulders. We don't have to be in this constant cycle of am I doing enough and am I behaving and does my good outweigh the bad and what does God think about me and does he love me and is it good enough? Man, you talk about a a life that will be spent lived on empty in in anxiety, in fear, in guilt. Instead, we have a gift in front of us that is Jesus. God, that you loved us so much that you would send your only son so that there could be a bridge between God and man. Incredible opportunity. God, I pray that we would not fall for the scam anymore, that we would see the gift of the gospel, the gift of grace in its true nature and true invitation this morning. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we've just heard. Pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.